When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and others on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello, Stani. Hi, Sadie. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I feel like it's been a while since we've done like a general like check-in on the podcast, you know? Yeah. So what's new? I know you're start, you're starting school on Monday, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're recording this the day before the new semester. So that's going to be happening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's my final semester of college, so I'm excited. Mm-hmm. But it's also going to be very busy and probably stressful. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. Um, I'm still trying to figure out math. So I've been doing a lot of math review. And I need to take a placement test. You only need to take one more math class and that's that's it, yes. right? Yes. I just have to test into the math class so that I only have to take one, which is really fun. So I've been learning all sorts of things that I should have known my whole life. And <laughs> that's been great. Other than that, I don't know. Not a whole lot. Winnie got fixed. So he has a little cone on his head. Little cone of shame. Yeah, and he hates it. <laughs> Like the pictures you've been posting are just so cute though yeah. i'll shout out my dog if anyone wants to go follow him on instagram <laughs> it's winnie the bish 20 but i post cute photos and videos of him all the time he's it's the a thing. very nice instagram account to follow Thank i you. would recommend. <laughs> it brings me joy yes but that's yeah. what i think we talked about it once of like you never thought you'd be the person who would create an Instagram for your dog. And I and I feel like, yeah, saying like when I have a dog, they're having their own Instagram, oh, their own yeah. everything. <laughs> and they are going, everyone is going to know how much I love my dog. Oh, so I yeah. Did it. <laughs> I also like reorganized my desk drawers today and he got his own drawer for all of his like vaccination documents and stuff. Cute. So <laughs> he has cemented himself as like one of the most important things in my life, as of he course. should be. <laughs> he has his own drawer his own instagram what's next <laughs> we're gonna get some brand deals and <laughs> oh of course that's a that's who needs to be like the mascot maybe we'll get some brand deals and sponsors if we start sharing we Winnie on our instagram we like are an art podcast and we have like pet ads or something oh my gosh but yeah that's pretty much it just been relaxing enjoying the little break before everything gets chaotic again and very good I'm trying to get my life organized before the like new year officially starts for me because I don't count it as the new year until the semester begins <laughs> no that's fair mm-hmm. it's a weird limbo I remember man yeah I remember back in my day just kidding. <laughs> I've, 
but it's weird this is the second semester that started that i haven't gone back to school and i'm still not used to it i'm just like yeah wait i'm i'm graduated i'm never going back to school again it feels very uncomfy and i don't like it i know that's gonna be the weirdest thing i think because i i enjoy college there's like Mm -hmm. aspects of it that i really don't love but for the most part like i really enjoy school yeah i do i did too yeah it's gonna be really strange but how have you been? You got a new job that I feel like you should tell everyone about. I did. I got a new teaching job, teaching voice lessons and songwriting lessons. And I'm very, very excited about it. I'm finally putting this music degree to some use. And I'm very excited about it. It'll be really nice to start like teaching again. I'm so excited for you. I think it's going to be you. awesome. I feel like it'll be perfect. Plus, you've been doing like a lot of virtual concerts and stuff haven't you I yeah I did it's been a fun thing there's like a there was a Provo writers round like a virtual songwriting thing that I did that was really fun if you want to watch it you can go to Provo writers round on Instagram and I think there's a clip to it anyways and then there's like this new like um yeah, there's this thing, I guess, later tonight that will be broadcasted of, like, someone's putting on, like, a suicide awareness event. Um, and so they asked different people to sing songs for it. So I'm singing a – I pre-recorded it all. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're just putting it together and showing it on their, I think, Facebook page or, like, some blog page. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, so two things in a row that I'm, like, kind of stoked because 2020 was not a year of performances. And so it's good that 2021, <laughs> even if they are virtual – It's still nice. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think everyone's finally figuring out how to make it work. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I agree. But that's so exciting. Thank you. All the music things. All the music things. I think we talked about this. So do you have any 2021 resolutions or are you you a goal setter type Um, for the new year? I am a loose goal setter. Yeah, I like I that. don't like to put very strict constraints on myself because I think that it just automatically sets me up to fail. That's um, <laughs> So I'm never going to be one of those people that's like, do this and have like a very specific amount of numbers or anything mm-hmm. else unless I like had a very clear way that I could accomplish that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm the yeah. same way. But last year, I even like set some life goals where I was like, I want to have a podcast Mm -hmm. And I want to buy a dog. And I ended up doing both of those. So I feel pretty great about that. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And there was a few others of like eventually buying and renovating a home and other things Mm -hmm. that are probably going to take a couple years. A little bit longer before they're accomplished. (laughs) Yeah. I have no idea when I'll be able to buy a home. So yeah. (laughs) But those are still in place. But kind of like my loose ones for this year are just I want to drink a lot more water. Mm -hmm. Um. I love water. I'm a huge water drinker. I just forget. So I want to drink more water and I want to take Winnie on more walks. That's oh, nice. I broke my toe. <laughs> you did? Yes, I did. <laughs> How did you break your toe? We have a suction cup dog toy. Oh, no. And it was on our kitchen floor. Mm. And I was walking to the door really fast oh. and I tripped over it. <laughs> like bent my toe really weird and then I couldn't walk and we waited because it was swole it like swelled up immediately and it was really bad um and I like iced it and everything and now it's like bruising really bad to the point where we can kind of see where it's bruising and I think I probably like fractured or like slightly broke it oh my gosh when did that happen um 
this week. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, there we, it was two days before I had to take Winnie in to get fixed. So I was oh. really worried about being able to walk into the vet's office with him. Are you able? Wait, so are you able to walk now? <laughs> kind of. I have a boot that my mom had when she did something to her foot. Oh no. <laughs> so I've been using that and it helps a lot because it takes a lot of the pressure off. Uh-huh. And then normally I can just kind of walk, but I like can't put any weight on my toes really. Oh, um, no. But it hurts less than it did. So part of the resolution was to take Winnie on more walks. And then, and then he got fixed and he can't get any exercise in. <laughs> but later I want so, like, to. So <laughs> let's check in in a couple weeks to yeah. see if you have the ability to go take him on walks. Yes. Because he gets a lot of exercise. We play fetch a lot inside of our how- home mm-hmm. and like run him around and everything. But I want to take him on more designated walks and stuff throughout the year. I feel like I need to go on more walks and I feel like because right now I work at home and mm-hmm. so exactly be a lot of go from bed to desk to couch to, to bed, bed. <laughs> and yeah. I I got like My an life. Apple watch recently and it's kind of called me out of I'm like wow you're supposed to get 10,000 steps in a day and I maybe get 1,000 some days yeah. like uh-oh and so I'm like <laughs> I think it'll be good that I have a job now that will be outside of the house most of the time mm-hmm. because now I'll actually be like, I'll have to get ready for the day and I'll have yeah. to move. I feel like that will be very good for my yes mental like, health. <laughs> I'm not very good at like strict exercise routines, mm-hmm. but I like moving my body. Yes. So I think walks are a great way to do that. And it definitely has been hard working, school, everything from home. So I feel you on that. (laughs) There are days that I never leave my house and that's Mm -hmm. the problem. (laughs) So, so yeah, that's kind of it. Do you have any like major things that you're working on this year? I feel like I have like a, a, what's the word? Like a mental state that I am, my goal is my goal. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I actually saw this TikTok that was actually a very, very inspiring TikTok. Do not knock TikTok. I love that app so much. No, it's awesome. I I love it. But anyways, this girl talks about how she really prides herself on being self-aware. And she's so self-aware to a fault, though, where she will, like, belittle herself before she ever even does anything. And so... But then she looks at people who just, like, have this audacity, right, to, like, do Mm -hmm. things. And... She's like, my goal is to have that audacity. And I was like, that is me. So my goal for 2021 is to take myself more seriously. And I feel like that's usually the opposite. Like most people's goals are to take themselves less seriously. But I am so good at not taking myself serious. Like (laughs) I will make myself the butt of the joke before anyone thinks of the joke. You know, like I belittle all of my accomplishments and all the things I love constantly because I realized I have this very deep fear of people laughing at me. Mm. And so I just, in my head, I'm like, oh, if I'm laughing first, then I'm like giving myself the power, right? Like no yeah. one can laugh at me because I'm laughing at myself. So the goal for 2021 is to get rid of that mentality and let myself be a little ridiculous, have a little bit more of the audacity to do things you know, and just take myself a little bit more seriously. I love that. Thank you. Because I have a lot of like this year I'm going to be releasing music 
And I think in the past, I've kind of like half done it all because I was so afraid people would like think I was being too much if I really dived into it, you know. Mm -hmm. But this year, we're investing some money into the music I'm releasing, investing some time. I've been saving up like this has been the goal. And even like with this podcast, and I'm hopefully going to be releasing like a new like online songwriting teaching business in the next couple months. And I was like, man, if any of these things are going to go well, like I have to just like take it seriously. Yeah, and that has not been something I've been good at. So that is the goal is in 2021, I'm going to take myself more seriously and yeah, show up for myself in that way. I love that so much. And Thank I'm you. so excited to see everything. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> ah, me too. But yeah. <laughs> no, that'll be really cool. That is the goal. There was something, there's this new podcast I've been listening to called Pop Apologists, I think. Okay. Yeah. Where it's it's really fun. It's, yeah, it's two sisters who pretty much just like talk about things pop culture. So if you're looking for a fun podcast, I would recommend it. But they're, instead of New Year's resolutions in their episode, they did New Year's resignations where they would be like, <laughs> I am never going to be this thing. So like a resignation I have for 2021 is like, I am never going to be one of those people who like wakes up at 6 a.m., you know? Yeah, or I couldn't <laughs> say yes to yeah. that too. <laughs> or like, I am never going to be a person that like says no when someone offers me a cookie because I feel like I should be healthy. Like mm -hmm. those are things I'm never going to be. And theirs were like really funny things of like, I am never going to be at a Brazil market and be discovered and asked to become a model like that will just never be my life <laughs> <laughs> or like I will never be a world-renowned concert pianist like it's time to let that go and I thought it was really funny and it made me yeah think of a couple things like that of like you know what I mean I just realized a couple things of myself that I'm just like never gonna be and just resign that <laughs> I feel like that's kind of freeing I, just be yeah like, I'm you know what like uh, this is just not gonna happen and I'm yeah. okay with that <laughs> like I am never gonna be a healthy eating like I can try and make better choices for my body but like at the end of the day like I love chocolate and cookies and I'm gonna live <laughs> my life that way because that's who I am so <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm all for that. Yeah. So there's a, if anyone listening doesn't have resolutions or doesn't like resolutions, do some resignations because it, it yeah. was actually, I loved listening to that episode and then like thinking about mine and it was like, yeah, I never am going to be a morning person and I'm not going to pretend that that's a bad thing anymore. <laughs> like that's just who I am. I know. Like I literally am never going to. So uh -huh. <laughs> like I'll be waking up at 8 a.m. and be like, wow, I woke Holy up cow, early I got today. up early today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and that's okay and that's okay yeah and hey if anyone's looking for a very easy resolution it can be to learn about a couple of new women artists yeah and then just join us every monday yeah and then you'll guaranteed right there we can help you we can mm -hmm. help you with your feminist goals for 2021 yeah we do at least two a month so yep. that's two a month every two month. new artists you can learn about and be yeah. inspired by and that's pretty cool. It is pretty, pretty darn cool. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> darn gosh dang it. <laughs> Anyways. And oh my God. speaking of the podcast, um, we kind of get to dive in a little bit to the name of our podcast today, which yes. I think is a very cool thing. Today, we decided we were going to talk about the history of the muses. Mm -hmm. And because as y'all know, our, our podcast is more than a muse so yeah i'm excited I am i'm excited too. to talk about this um i think like a little disclaimer off the bat we are obviously not 
Greek mythological um, academics. <laughs> Absolutely I did not. <laughs> not spend years of my life dedicated to understanding the intricacies of Greek mythology. This mm-hmm. is some light internet browsing. But I still think there's like quite a few things here that I learned that I thought were really cool. And I'm sure it was the same for you. Yeah. And I think it'll be just a fun conversation to have where we can talk a little bit about what a muse is and kind of how it's changed mm-hmm. over time. So first off, the word muse has so many definitions that I felt like we could mm. throw it at the beginning here. And most of them obviously come from the idea and the myth of the muses, but it's kind of crazy to see how many different ways they can go. So one yeah. of them is to like become absorbed in thought, to think about something carefully and thoroughly, like musing about what might have been mm. or wondering or marveling. Um, there's also to think or say something in a thoughtful way. Like, I could sell the house, she mused, but where would I go? Which is an interesting way as well. Um, it can also be considered a state of deep thought or dreamy abstraction. So, like, someone reading a book. Oh, their yeah. example they have is thrown into a muse by a book she was reading. Um, and then also, of course, a source of inspiration, a guiding genius, or any of the nine mm-hmm. sister goddesses in Greek mythology. But I thought that was kind of cool because it shows like all the different ways that like the muses kind of created this whole vocabulary around them because mm-hmm. it also created the word museum and music and oh like, yeah, literally so many things come from the muses, even just the word itself. I don't even know why I- like, I feel like I knew that, but like just saying that it's like, oh, yeah, duh, yeah. because the muses were like the goddesses of art and all of those mm-hmm. things. So music, museum. Wow. And it's weird to think about a time when we didn't have the word music. Yeah. But we can thank the muses for that. But yeah, that's all of the background behind that. And then um, just kind of how the word evolved over time. And I feel like it's looked at yeah. more loosely now. But it's kind of in little bits of everything that we look at. So what? The muses were the Greek goddesses of poetic inspiration, the adored deities of song, dance, memory. I'm reading a quote here. On whose mercy the creativity, wisdom, and insight of all artists and thinkers depended. Which I think is a cool way of, I don't know. Because I feel like now in today's context, it's like, oh, they're my muse. Like, they inspire me, you know? And it's like, I'm the artist, but they're just, like, inspiring, Mm -hmm. obviously, right? And it's almost like they're outside of it. But I think it's cool that the actual muses, like, it is kind of the same thing, but it's so much more of the, no, they actually relied on the muses in order to even do their craft. Like, they felt like without the muses, there was no way they could do it, which I think is... Like, there's obviously a similarity there, but it, it makes the muses a lot more important than yeah. the terminology muses now. Definitely. I think nowadays they're looked at more as, like, a reference photo or something. Exactly. They're like, oh, yeah, or, like, a chord that someone plays that you're like, wow, that could be a song, you know? It's like, oh, like, a little spark of, like, inspiration. Yeah, exactly. Whereas before, they were literally, like, like, the phrase, on whose mercy the creativity, wisdom, and insight of all artists and thinkers depended. Like, that yeah. shows, like, so much more of an active role that they played in, like, inspiration and creation mm-hmm. rather than just, like, little 
sparks of creativity and almost like they're granting you the opportunity yeah like you could be blessed with this from the muses if you're lucky enough yeah rather than like oh well I did it all but they just inspired me totally yeah I like that it's very interesting how it has changed and this is kind of a side thing but like so my husband Jordan I feel like I I feel like I just say Jordan a lot for new listeners it's your husband yeah it's my (laughs) husband like whenever I mentioned Jordan I realized I just I've been listening to some of our old episodes and I realized I'm like oh yeah and Jordan said this and people are probably like why do I care who's Jordan (laughs) it's my husband anyways but Jordan he's like very into like history philosophy and because of that like he very much like reads the things the greek people said and aristotle and all of that and so i was telling him that we were doing this podcast episode and he was saying that it's really interesting because like they were very sexist like they were definitely sexist people and, oh like, yeah <laughs> like they thought women were deformed men and i think we talked about this on a previous episode i can't remember which one though where we talked about how Aristotle and all those writers and thinkers of the time were actually pretty sexist and they did not think very highly of women. So I think it's interesting, though, that even within that, there were these muses who were obviously feminine and they relied on these women to do their creations. You Mm -hmm. know, it's kind of like this weird oxymoron where it's like, were they allowing the women in their cultures to be the creatives? not so much like they definitely put men on the pedestal and what they were doing but yet it was the women goddesses that they were yeah that they were relying on like you know? it's kind of crazy unless you still believe in greek mythology which hopefully i'm not insulting anyone here then yeah. obviously like it was invented by people right like they came mm-hmm. up with the concept of zeus and like the greek goddesses and gods and what they all meant and what they stood for and even totally. the fact that someone probably a man who invented this idea or like a society of men probably mm-hmm. <laughs> um chose that the women would be the representatives of like the arts yeah. and the sciences which was very important to like culture back then like art and science and thought and philosophy were yeah. More important than probably any other time period in history. Well, especially like what's lived on from the Greeks. It's been like Aristotle. It's been, you know, and obviously I'm speaking of from a very non-Greek expert point of view. But, yeah. you know, just from like my the way I perceived it, just like as an average person, you know, it's like that's the kind of things from the Greeks. I feel like it's their culture. And it's interesting that if they believed in the muses so much, then that means that it was all inspired in a way by the muses. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. And kind of the cool part of it is in mythology, the muses were considered to be the nine daughters of Zeus. And I'm going to say her name wrong. Nemosyne. But she's the goddess of memory. Kind of the cool part about that is that, of course, Zeus has like millions of children, but like mm-hmm. goddess of memory. And yeah, then these that is are cool. like the nine daughters like that's very cool um i even read somewhere that um a lot of people believed that the muses were existed before the gods and that they weren't actually like the daughters of anyone but they were like kind of what brought everything into creation i feel like that would kind of make sense if they were like the inspirers of you know everything in a way yeah so it's kind of funny that even that varied on whether or not like they were created by the gods or what created the gods and i think another thing as i was like reading about the muses and greek mythology i didn't realize how much of it was um 
dependent on like geographical location. Like I didn't realize that the stories within Greek mythology were so like not canonized in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. like depending on where you were, the stories were a little bit different. So like in certain aspects, there were three muses and some there were seven and some there were nine. But I still think it's cool that even if there were different depictions maybe of the muses that they all they did exist in each different reference point, you know? Yes, I agree. It is really strange. And I think like probably a lot of that has to do with the fact that they didn't have like internet or like kept very good records. But I think it's cool that even without that, though, the muses were a very central, like, you know, like they still were there everywhere, even if it was like in three, seven, nine, if they were the daughters of Zeus or if not, or what their role really was, there still kind of was this story of goddesses who inspired, you know? Yeah, definitely. I read somewhere that the muses, their role was considered brought to life to make the world disremember the evil and relieve the sorrows and to praise the gods and especially the Olympian gods' victory over their ancestors, the Titans, which I think is a very powerful role to play. It's really powerful. (laughs) Plus, they ruled over inspiration, memory, music, poetry, arts, and the sciences. Just like the things that honestly like make us human, I feel. Yeah, like that's a lot of things to be in charge of. You're right. We're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. Okay, so the person that I want to shout out is also a listener. Um, Her name is Megan May Art. Just to spell that out, um, it's M-E-G-H-A-N-M-A-E dot art. You can find her on Instagram. Um, she is does land and seascape artistry, and she has available prints. And must I say, they are very beautiful. Um, I, I like I said, she is a listener, which is just fun because I love it when people follow us, and then I get to stock their amazing artwork. Mm-hmm. So love that. Um, but yeah, honestly, her stuff is so beautiful. I'm just scrolling through her Instagram right now as I'm shouting her out as I've done in the past. And it's it's really unbelievable. So I would go ahead, check her out. Yeah, she has a website with just different prints and everything. And yeah, like I said, they're really beautiful. And looks like she also does custom projects, which is really cool. Oh, so cool. yeah, definitely check her out. And also she's Utah based. And so are we. So yay, yay. Utah artists. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I have one. I've been following her for a while. Um, her name is Carly Bourne. It's C-A-R-L-E-Y-B-O-U-R-N-E. She's an Australian artist. Mm. And her paintings are very, very cool. Um, oh, they are cool. Yeah, they're kind of like abstract pattern. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Lots of like paint lines and dots and all sorts of things but they're huge too like these are they're giant paintings and they're just really cool to me like I just think they're really interesting they are interesting they're very beautiful yeah they're really really cool they're not like of anything but I really Mm -hmm. like art like this like the kind of piece that you'd like want to put up in your home exactly it's like it's like the perfect wall art yeah it really is so go check it out she's from australia but she posts a lot of really cool things one day i will own one 
but <laughs> there's so many art people that like even just Megan like there's so many times I would like look at them I'm like man I would buy that one day I will buy that so I know it's so hard it's like if I was a millionaire I, my money would be gone quick because very quickly <laughs> I'd buy all these people's art <laughs> yeah her paintings really aren't that bad they're like perfectly priced it's about three thousand to four thousand oh, cool. for pieces so it's not awful I mean no. that's pretty decent I just can't afford to drop that much money on a piece of art right now but one day <laughs> one day but definitely follow along and support her um i know she's been getting a lot of um news and like press lately which i think is very well deserved check her out and we mention it every episode but if you are an artist that are looking for a shout out if you have any friends who are definitely let us know we love to shout out listeners and just fellow creators we're always looking for more people to support and we want to help you out in any way we can oh also really quick just a fun little thing we reached a thousand downloads yeah we did yeah so i just wanted to say thank you to everyone like it may be a tiny goal compared to some but it's huge for us and i know Mm -hmm. that we're grateful for every single one of you that continue to listen every single week totally Um, it's just a really big deal and it's really, it really cool is. like we love doing this I think we'd do it even if we didn't have anyone listening but true <laughs> but it's nice to know that there are other people out there that are enjoying it as much as we do so. and anytime anyone shares it or mm-hmm. reaches out to us or even follows us I get very excited so yeah. we appreciate anyone who does anything no matter what we do we're really really grateful for all of you and excited for a full year this year of the podcast mm-hmm. Um, really cool that we get 2021. We're going to have episodes every single Monday. So that's yeah. pretty cool. All right. Now back to the show. Okay. So let's, should we go through the mm-hmm. nine muses? Yes. Let's do okay. It. Like I said, obviously this is very base info here, but there's Thalia. Is that how you think you do Probably it? Probably Talia. Let's do Talia. (laughs) So there's Talia, who's the cheerful one. Mm -hmm. She was the muse of comedy and was often portrayed holding a comic mask and or a shepherd's crook. Kind of a funny thing I found about that is, do you remember like a really old, I think we probably saw it in like cartoons the most, Mm -hmm. but when like someone was getting booed and then the little shepherd's crook would come on and pull them off the stage. Whoa, yeah. So that actually goes all the way back to a reference to the muses. That's really cool. But yeah, no, you're totally, that's like definitely a common trope. Yeah. And that's why um, she's like comedy and then had the shepherd's crook because that was like a common thing even back then, which is wow. crazy. Yeah. So that was funny. And then uh, one other thing about her is that her name tra- translates to flourishing. Um, and they said her praises gleefully continued through time, which I thought was beautiful. Um, then we got Urania, who's the heavenly one, who's the muse of astronomy. Um, and you can often see her holding a globe or compass. Mm-hmm. Just another cool way that Greek culture has influenced our language and stuff because yeah. Urania, Uranus, the planet. So mm-hmm. there we go. And yeah, she was the muse of astronomy often dressed in cloaks decorated with the stars which is that's pretty (laughs) very pretty and there was a belief that she could predict the future based on what she saw which is cool (laughs) that is cool i like that (laughs) and then there was i'm gonna try and say this right i had the in like the little pronunciation in here melpomeni she who sings she was the muse of tragedy so she had a tragic mask and then often had like another symbol of tra- 
tragedy, which is like a sword or a club or a knife. And it also says that she was the muse of chorus. And then she later became the muse of tragedy. And also believed to be the mother of several different sirens, which I guess would make sense. Like she who sings and then the muse of tragedy, like a sirens kind of fit perfectly into that. And then there is, oh, polyhymnia. She of the many hymns. She was the muse of hymns and sacred poetry, often depicted with a pensive look hidden behind a veil of grapes. So hers is kind of weird. She like fits a lot of different things. Okay. But basically what I kind of saw it as is like more of a religious symbol. Okay. Like that makes sense. Because if she's, yeah. Sacred poetry, like grapes. She was also kind of like a very serious muse. They often had her in like long cloaks and veils or like holding a finger to her mouth, like kind of being a little bit more like silent and solemn. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then there's Arado, the lovely one. She was the muse of lyric or erotic poetry. Which is erotto, erotic, erotica. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we still all use all of those words. Um, uh-huh. And she's represented with a lyre, which is like a little harp. I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, and she's usually accompanied by Eros, so I think as the god of love. And like oh, kind yeah. of depicted as Cupid sometimes. And so she's also like the muse of like love poetry and mm-hmm. cool, romantic. Yeah, very romantic. And then there's Calliope, the mm-hmm. one with a beautiful voice. And that makes me think of Grey's Anatomy because there is a character, Calliope. Oh, and really? And they do a, yeah, there is. Well, it's Callie, but I'm pretty sure her full name is Calliope that they very rarely use. But there's one episode where it's a singing Grey's Anatomy and she has the best voice in it. So what do you know? <laughs> wow yeah so wow the muses are tying to my Grey's anatomy love <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> yep okay so she was the muse of epic poetry mm-hmm. and it claimed that she was the foremost among the nine and she's seen holding a writing tablet she's usually considered like the wisest of the muses mm. and the chief muse i think there's a myth that describes how she won a singing competition yeah she's like kind of i, I would say probably the most well-known <gasps> muse my dog Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. He just He just had surgery. Yeah, and he's very vocal. <laughs> he usually doesn't bark this much, but, like, he's on one today. He's mad because we won't play, like, very vigorous fetch with him because he's not supposed to run that much mm. right now because he's recovering. But no one gave him the memo that he's recovering from surgery. So... <laughs> can't you tell there's something off with the coat on your head little buddy he just thinks we're punishing him I don't yeah know. he's probably like why are they being so mean today? Yeah. anyways um i even read a thing that said that like yeah that homer was really obsessed with her and kind of voiced her as like his main inspiration for everything That's oh cool. and homer for those who don't know was a greek author so he wrote the odyssey and the iliad oh yeah Okay, Mm -hmm. duh. Okay, so the next one is Cleo, who was the celebrator or the proclaimer. She was the history of, I mean, excuse me, the history of Muse. The (laughs) Muse of history. And she quite, and quite fittingly, she usually holds a scroll. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she would, she was known for celebrating accomplishments and achievements of others, um, making people famous by retelling their feats. And she actually was the only one that was recorded to have a son, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then next, what is, oh, how do you say that? Enerpe? 
Uterpy? Uterpy. Sorry, guys. (laughs) As you can tell, we are experts on the subject. (laughs) We're so good at this. (laughs) Uterpy. Uterp. It might be your turpid. Uterpy? Uterpy. I don't know. If there are any like Greek mythology experts that are listening, please forgive us and also message us and let us know what we've done wrong. (laughs) Just this whole episode gets like blacklisted by like a Greek mythology group or something. Please forgive us. (laughs) Uterpy. Uterpy. We were kind of close. Yeah. Okay, so there we go. Euterpe. Euterpe. She who pleases was the muse of lyric poetry and flute playing. Mm. So she's portrayed with a flute. There's also a lot of accounts that say she was responsible for inventing a double flute. Yeah, and she's usually always depicted with a flute. I feel like this kind of shows how important the flute was in Greek mythology. Yeah. (laughs) That they had a whole muse for only flute playing. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then, okay, the last one, (laughs) only one more name to butcher, is Terpsichore. Terpsichore. I like that. And she is the one delighting in the dance, and she was the muse of choral lyric and dancing. And as expected, she is usually shown dancing and sometimes holding a lyre. Yep. She's also said to be the mother of several sirens, and her name comes from the Greek word delight. Which I thought was cool because uh, she's known as the one delighting in the dance. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. also, too, I feel like dancing is like a way to express like some type of joy or something like Mm -hmm. that. So I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand. Kind of a cool thing. Also, just like a little aside here um, that I learned while I was writing out all the different things about these muses is that the reason we listed them in the order in which we did, because um, the initials form an acronym that is tum paquette so t-u-m-p-e-c-c-e-t and Mm -hmm. a lot of students who are studying greek mythology use that to remember the names of the muses or the goddesses and it Mm -hmm. also tum paquette in greek means well try to forget now which i thought was kind of cool because they're not only like the goddesses of memory but then you're also like trying to to remember their names so there you go if you want to remember all their names you can remember tum paquette tum paquette um, we can talk about the fact Disney only has five muses in Hercules. Oh, yeah. They used Calliope, Cleo, Mel- oh, Melpanine, Terpsichore, and Talia. And oh. the reason they did that was mainly just for, like, ease of animation and the dance routines. <laughs> oh, well, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted five so that they could, like, more easily choreograph them. But I thought that was kind of funny. So if you're watching Hercules, it's not an accurate depiction of the music. There's four more. <laughs> I mean, they chose like the ones that are the most different from each other. Totally. Like, yeah. Epic poetry, history, tragedy, dance and comedy like that kind of cool. makes sense. Yeah. And then also another kind of fun thing in New Orleans, Louisiana, there are streets named after all of the nine muses. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They said sometimes the. Spelling is a little bit different than you'd expect. Even the fact that they have streets named after all of them is really cool. No, I agree. It is cool. So there's a couple of things of like, so there's different ways that muses are done in like this, the different Greek stories and myths. So other than like divine inspirers in 
the verses of poets, the muses appear rarely in myths, but when they do, they're usually much less gentle. So basically, they're much more avengeful than they are gentle and nice, and they're very protective of their status. Um, So here's a quick story I found. So for example, um, Thamaris, a Thracian bard, was blinded and robbed from his talents when he boasted that he's a better musician than them. So um, he did not like that. And then demotoxic masculinity right there. That's what you get. You think you're better. (laughs) (laughs) You get your eyes plucked out or whatever. Um, And then, yeah, Demeticus, a Fisian bard who appears in Homer's Odyssey, had his eyes plucked out by the muses as well. But Homer says that as a compensation, he got the gift of the sweetest song. So they're not all mean. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we'll pluck out your eyes, but then we'll sing to you. Yes. And then once Hera persuaded the sirens to challenge the muses, but unsurprisingly, they lost to them as well. And the muses made themselves crowns from the sirens' feathers. Or this last one, the Macedonian king Piraeus dared the muses to a contest against his nine daughters, who after their defeat were transformed into prattling magpies. But yeah, so there's the muses in different myths. They were very scary, horrifying, I feel. I was going to say, kind of one of the things that I think is really cool about Greek mythology Uh is that they have these all-powerful, like, gods and goddesses, but they're not, like, benevolent or, like, kind. They're, like, vengeful and vindictive. Well, I was actually kind of thinking about that. And I feel like a lot of the times, like, when we think of, like, goddess, and I feel like a lot of times it's, like, nowadays we imagine them to be very you know nurturing and kind and loving which is obviously great but I feel like it's cool that in these stories that they are so dynamic you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and I think it's cool too because in a way I feel like it shows that women are also that complex too you -hmm. know like women aren't just the type just to sit there and always be kind and loving like no like women can if someone is too in like that story of him saying no I'm a better musician than them they're gonna be like no like that's not right you know I feel like that's cool that like they were depicted as like complicated human beings you know Mm -hmm. well not human beings but you know what I mean complicated characters (laughs) I also really really love the fact that they were like proved time and time again that they were just like the best musicians the best vocalists the best artists like they were the end-all be-all of like creation and the arts Yes, and that's like a powerful thing, especially like we were talking about in such a patriarchal society that they were willing to give that much power mm-hmm. to like female. Yeah, it's like a feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And then, so I want to talk about like if the muses were worshipped. So it says arts, crafts, music, science, history, and libraries are all sacred to the muses. Unfortunately, no information has been passed on to how exactly the muses were worshipped in ancient Greece. The only information we have is that libations of milk, honey, and water were poured out when honoring them in various locations. Mm-hmm. So not tons of info per se, but yeah, we don't really know exactly how that they were. Obviously, they played a very important role, but we don't really know how that worshipping necessarily was. I actually read somewhere that the museums used to exist purely as like a place to worship the muses oh really yeah and then it became later like a place a collection of like history and art and music but it originally was just like places of worship for the muses that's really cool yeah but i guess that makes sense how it would turn into that because if the muses inspired art and poetry and everything that it makes sense that it would collect there yeah that it would collect there Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm 
Something that I did find, though, that I thought was really interesting, I kind of went down a lot of different rabbit holes when I was learning about the muses, but I found a book um, and it's called Goddess Bless, Divine Affirmations, Prayers and Blessings. And apparently it's this author offers several hymns and chants dedicated to each of the nine muses. And she lists each muse, her attributes, and basically there's a chant or hymn um, dedicated to each one. So for example, if you are feeling a lack of creative fire, you can call upon Calliope, the muse that's associated with creative passion and epic poetry. So I like looked it up on Amazon and you can totally buy this book that has different chants that are, yeah, assigned to different muse goddesses. And I mean, I guess I didn't really realize that there were like People I don't know. still people kind of still worshiping, worshiping and like calling on them but anyways mm-hmm. I thought that was a very interesting find that is really cool one of the chants I'm going to read it so it says mm-hmm. oh fair one lady of poets grant me your blessing so my words shall be divine grant me your blessing let my creations be inspired by you here and now and forevermore which is just kind of a beautiful yeah I think a lovely little yeah thing. lovely little poem or chant That's or whatever cute. you want to call it that's really crazy to me that like Greek mythology, it's been a long, a, like it's existed for so long, <sighs> forever. Yeah, <laughs> and I still feel like it seeps into so many aspects of modern day culture and totally. society. Um, yeah, even like the muses we have here, they've endured through the ages with references to them appearing in plays, sonnets, novels, paintings, and more. They were especially popular during the Renaissance. Um, there's actually a lot of paintings of all of the different muses, um, mm. either ones of them individually or ones of them all together, all in different various settings. And then it also says here that they were um, popular decoration for Renaissance tarot decks. Ooh, yeah. Which makes sense because yeah. if they could like predict the future and were involved in the stars and history, then tarot makes a perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> setting for muses. Totally. Mm-hmm. it's cool that they've what's the word, like lived on in so many different ways and I mean we talked about why we named this podcast more than amuse back on our very very first episode but I mm-hmm. think it's like it was cool to really learn more about them and to learn more about what they all represented and like we talked about at the beginning a little bit like they weren't like they were a very active role in the inspiration process they weren't the afterthought that sparked you know what I mean like mm-hmm. they were very much the center and they brought forth these creations and inspired different people to create more, which yeah. I think is really cool. And like, it's a cool thing to keep in mind when like, it just kind of shows the way that powerful women, like with time, it can be turned into something that's less than like, just in the way that the muses yeah. became this like, oh, she's just my muse. You know, like it's almost like a way to discredit a woman Yes, I actually, I I was going to say, I think the muses have become a very sexist idea. Mm-hmm. The idea of a muse, um, I guess not the muses themselves, but the idea of a muse has become kind of sexist in nowadays society. Yeah. Where you hear about men having a girlfriend or kind of like the, I'm going to forget what it's called exactly, but like the, the fantasy dream girl. Yeah. Where it's like every, oh, the manic pixie dream yeah. girl. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking of. Where exactly. they're just there to like help the main character along and then uh-huh. 
disappear in a puff of glitter and, and like be a little quirky and like <laughs> yeah. have an interesting personality and a view on the world but they don't actually contribute anything beyond like being the fixation of the male lead. yes and being like his inspiration for yeah. how he changes his life and that's not a great way to look at women or even life in general yeah, <laughs> like true. people aren't muses people are people Mm-hmm. And even if you're inspired by someone, they're so much more than just like a little spark of whatever they inspired you to do. No, absolutely. Like, people are dynamic. And um, I think it's like cool to look back at what the muses actually were mm-hmm. and kind of think about how we could structure our lives more around that. Yeah. And not necessarily like, worshiping them, but just choosing to like look at um, women and like different parts of the arts and history as more active participants rather than just like little bits of totally yeah and also too going back to that they also were very dynamic characters Mm -hmm. you know and so let that also kind of be like a lesson of like you can still be powerful and be dynamic and know your worth in a way you know and like not let people belittle you and you don't have to pluck their eyes out if they think they're better than you or turn them into magpies yeah don't do that (laughs) but at the same time like they were very conscious of what they were and they didn't let men or anyone belittle that yeah and I think kind of we went back to I think we said this in like our first episode there's nothing wrong with being someone's muse yeah as long as you realize that you're so much more than just that like you don't have to chalk up your life accomplishment to being like oh I met this person one time and then they wrote this song and it was amazing and that's my whole life accomplishment no that's theirs like (laughs) you're a dynamic person with like multiple facets you're like one of the original nine muses Mm -hmm. with so much more to you than just like inspiration yeah and and then and just women in general like Mm -hmm. we are so much more than the like who the story is about we can create the stories ourselves yeah it's almost like we're more than muses almost like more than a muse podcast (laughs) (laughs) also kind of a fun little thing if anyone caught on we our little logo is a nine pointed star and it's actually because of the nine different muses fun little thing there yeah our little logo is that little muse star so that's kind of the muses um yeah brief introduction to the muses from your fellow greek scholars (laughs) (laughs) obviously this isn't like super in-depth but i hope that it's inspirational to everyone to just realize more of what the muses were originally and then kind of how we can look at everything a little bit differently now in our own lives well thank you everyone for joining us hope you enjoyed this conversation next week we'll be talking about a new women artist from history which is exciting. Mm-hmm. And we have a cool interview also coming up later this week. Or later this <laughs> month, excuse me, that I'm very excited about. So we have yeah. some cool episodes coming up. Mm-hmm. And don't forget that you can join our Patreon, follow us on Instagram, rate, review, follow, subscribe, whatever you want to do. do. Yeah, any little bit helps. Um, we're just happy to be here and to continue creating content for you guys. So. Absolutely. And if you have any ideas of people you'd like us to cover, topics, send us a message. We love yeah, we love hearing it. I Someone that I'm going to be covering next month is actually from directly from a message that somebody sent. So yeah, we appreciate that feedback. And it's also mm-hmm. great. It's always great to hear from you all. Definitely. Cool. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.